The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. You are now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, health heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I have Aaron Matzel uh, from Perfect Foods. Now, when I was recently at the Hippocrates Health Institute in Florida, um, I picked up a little flyer and they were like, this, this, this company was just here, Tim. You just missed them. And they, they help people. They actually grow wheatgrass and lots of sprouts and stuff like that um, up in the New York area. And since Hippocrates is in West Palm Beach, Florida, there's a lot of people that come down from New York to visit Hippocrates. So it's great because it's a local source. But here's the cool thing for you listeners. You don't have to be in New York to be able to get fresh wheatgrass and sprouts. So these guys actually deliver all over the place. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when I ask Aaron what's up. So first off, I want to thank everybody again for showing up and listening to our show. Um, again, we are growing very rapidly, our, our, our listenership. And I, that's, I think it's a testament to you know us doing the right thing at the right time and saying the right things at the right times. And also you guys, your support has been amazing. I want to thank all of you that are listening and sharing this podcast with other people because I know that's going on because I, I take a lot of customer service calls and, 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 and I talk to people and, you know, I, in fact, I just got one. I should have pulled that up. It's in here. I'll pull it up. But this lady um, was talking and she was like saying that she just started listening to the podcast and she's kind of binge listening to it with like Netflix and just loves it. And, and that's really good because there's information there that she's extracting. And then she's taking action in her own life to move her life forward, right? So that's what we're all about. You guys know we are here to help you become your own doctor. We are here to help you learn how to self-heal so that you can be independent and you don't need to rely on other people. That way you can feel confident and strong and vital and you have all the energy you need to not only just feel good and, and be a, a good person in your for yourself and your family, but also the community at large because we need strong individuals. And I think there's really been an, a weakening of people from the lack of quality foods, the toxic buildup, and the amount of stress that we have today. So today, we're going to focus more on the nutrition side of things, and we'll see how it branches off from there. Aaron, dude, thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks so much for the invite, Tim. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. All right, so your guys' story is um, its kind of nostalgic. Um, it's really interesting um, about your guys' company because – you know, a lot of the wheatgrass growers, um, sprout growing things is kind of Johnny come lately. It's kind of a new thing where people find out about it. Like somebody like me goes to Hippocrates. I ended up growing in my garage, wheatgrass, sunflower, pea sprouts, buckwheat, lettuce, these things and shipping them out to, you know, 40 to 60 cancer patients every, every week in the lo local Portland metro area. But your guys' family's been growing grass since 1982. Your dad yeah, got going on this because you're not that old. That's absolutely right. I'm second generation. Uh, my parents, Harley and Elise Matzel, uh, started Perfect Foods back in 1982 before this kind of stuff was uh, as mainstream as it has become now. 
Uh, it's still somewhat underground, but it's getting there. And uh, so um, interesting story how how it began. My my father was uh, he was a merchant seaman officer, and uh, during uh, a little lull that there in the in the eighties, there he was laid off, and so he had some savings and wasn't sure what to do next. He had a friend, a, a childhood friend who was living out in um, in California on Venice Beach and was serving wheatgrass juice out on the beach and came back to New York just for some family event or something and said, hey, you should really you should really check out this thing called wheatgrass. It's like people are really into it. I think it's cool. I think it's the real deal. They tried to grow some some wheatgrass for the very first time, just like in their backyard. They tried to see if there was a juice bar around. And at the time, there was only a handful of juice bar and health food stores in the New York region. Now there's hundreds. Um, but at the time, very few. And they just went to a couple and they said, hey, would you would you be interested in this? They said, yeah, absolutely. I, where have you been all my life, basically? Um, people were chasing them down the street with a $100 bill. Can I get some wheatgrass, please? Where are you going with that stuff? Um, and, uh, <laughs> it, and, and it grew from there. So it really was just, um, just, uh, just the right, just the right timing for things. Uh, they, they figured, Hey, it's that's no, nowhere to be found in New York at the time. And we're pretty much a few years behind California in terms of everything. So if it's there and it's growing and it's busy, then they're going to want it here right around now. So, uh, that's how it started. Um, and they were operating in the basement of a butcher shop in Brighton Beach, Brooklyn. So uh, for the first that's hilarious for the first two years, yeah. So um, down down in the dungeon there, they were growing wheatgrass, um, and and supplying basically like you know all the boroughs, all of the all the boroughs of New York City, and expanding uh, onwards. And eventually, they they moved uh, their facility. Uh, upstate New York, about an hour north of the city, uh, to Goshen, New York, and that's where we're still there now. And um, uh, that was right around the time that I was being born. And so I've grown up, you know, uh, kind of from the inside of this business uh, of growing wheatgrass and microgreens, and and yeah. Well, and this business is literally inside of you. <laughs> like that, you've been drinking, you've been drinking this stuff. Uh, th that that's true. I've been exposed to this stuff from a very young age. I mean, um, my mother in particular was, you know, was pretty good. I mean, you know, yeah, we had somewhat of a standard Western diet, but with much heavier on, you know, these the the wheatgrass and microgreens, and you know, even as kids, we would go on vacations to some of these um, raw living food retreats, like. Uh, there's one optimum health Institute in San Diego. And there's also, we went there a few times as, as kids and also to, um, Hippocrates health Institute in West Palm beach, Florida. So, you know, we had, you know, we had a lot of exposure to this at a young age and, and just, you know, growing up, I mean, we would be harvesting the greens with my uncle who was, you know, who was working for the family business also, uh, all the time. And just going out, I mean, I, I worked there summers in high school. And, you know, even when I was in college, I was, you know, participating to some degree, uh, whether it was, you know, building a website or um, in, in many, many facets. Um, I went to school. I wasn't sure if I wanted to participate in the business. 
so I went to college for biomedical engineering. So, um, you know, at least I have some, uh, you know, some not medical background per se, but some physiological background, some understanding of basic um, biology and such. And, you know, I got ahead of my shoulders. Uh, it's, it's an engineering degree. And, but when I came out from school, uh, shortly after I, I pretty much went full-time into the business and then became manager kind, kind of soon, not, not too long after that, and mostly ran the business for, for just about a decade. And we finally um, transitioned ownership between myself and my younger sister, Rebecca, um, just, just last year. So we're looking forward to the future to see uh, to see how we can how we can continue to grow and you know grow literally right. Yeah. So you and you and Rebecca, your sister, now run the business. Your mom and dad have basically handed it down to you guys, and now it's your baby, and you're continuing on with the the family legacy since yeah. They consult with us for sure, um, and my mother still has some daily duties, but my father's mostly retired. Um, he put in his time for sure. And, uh, but, but, but yeah, me and my sister are pretty much, we're, we're second gen owners and, uh, we're, we're, we're seeing how we can, you know, move things forward. Yeah. You know, on your website, under your philosophy, it's, you know, people hear, heard this many times, but it's like, let thy, let food be thy medicine, you know, Hippocrates. Yeah. And you guys wrote, we believe the body given proper nutrition can usually heal itself. Hippocrates, a Greek physician considered the father, father of water, modern medicine suggested we let food be our medicine. Unfortunately, in modern times, we've strayed from this basic understanding. See, we talk about this concept over here on the Health Hero Show quite a bit where I'm trying to get people to, in fact, I've done a whole episode on this, of that you are nature. Like you, everybody listening to this, you are nature. And that's where the disconnect has been is because for some reason we think we got these legs, we're walking around on the planet that we're not part of it. And it's like, no, dude, you're mostly water or dudette, whoever I'm talking to. And your body's mostly water. Where do you find that? Nature. Your bones are made of minerals. Where do you find that? In the dirt. Nature. Your gut microbiome, bacteria, same ones in the soil, nature. So it's, it's pretty, I mean, if you have any common sense at all, you understand that there is no difference between you and Mother Earth, an ant, a tree, wood, bark, all this stuff. We are all made of the same stuff. And we are nature. And straying from that basic understanding is basically just parental and societal conditioning and, and physically getting moving us away from farms and into inner cities like where you're at in New York. It's the concrete jungle. It, I guess it is a jungle of sorts um, of modern times. But um, what you guys are doing is that you're actually bringing nature back to people so they can put it in their condos and and their places and get it to their homes where maybe, you know, they just don't have a AKA green thumb and they can just start enjoying the benefits of fresh foods, which are made your, your guys's name is perfect because these foods are a perfect food and why they are perfect is because nature made them, right? <laughs> which is, which is what you are. You guys actually said, right. we believe wheat, grass and microgreens are perfect foods. They're yeah. highly nutritious. Um, they're easy to grow. Um, you can do it at home. That's what I tell people. You can do this for yourself. But a lot of people in the beginning, I know there's a huge need. They don't want to grow. So that's where you guys fit in. They just want the benefits of it. So I love it that your guys' goal is to to not only supply 
these types of living foods to the New York region and, and, you know, all those areas around there that you can deliver to and stuff. But just also, you guys are really into education too. And we'll talk more Absolutely. about that towards, towards the end, because these guys actually are doing weekly classes and cleansing classes and they're helping people with their food programs. Uh, your sister, Rebecca kind of leads those. And like I said, I'd be happy to hop on there and participate and, and uh, help people with that kind of stuff too. So anyway, just really cool stuff, man. Um, so you guys, your dad, your mom and dad started, you guys kept going with it. What has been um, uh, the coolest thing about like having a family business? What do you like about that so much? I mean, uh, one, you're, you're, you're more in control of, you know, your own destiny in a way. Uh, yeah. So that has its good and it's, and it, and it's, and it's bad side. I mean, <laughs> at, at, you know, at, at family dinners, we would sit down and we would be discussing, you know, the business of the day, <laughs> you know, what drivers are doing, what to us and, and problem, problem people and, 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 you know, awesome customers that have great experiences of which there's many, uh, countless really people, survivors from cancer and, and, and diabetes and, and all kinds of things. Um, and, uh, so, you know, it has its good and goods and its bads. Um, so good things. I mean, it's nice to be able to, to work directly with family who you love and who you, um, you know, and who you trust. That's really a, a hard thing sometimes to find in employees, um, is, is having a level of, of trust and, and knowing that someone's always going to be there and have your back. Um, and, and being able to, you know, use your your natural talents, whatever they might be, and apply them to the bit to the business. Um, for example, like I taught myself how to like do web development because I needed a website, so I figured right. out how to do it. You know, or you know, if I needed some basic graphic design, figure out how to do it and, and do it. And um, uh, or if I need to learn how to grow the plants better, you know, learn a little bit about the the technology and and, and how do I, you know, how do I uh, keep the HVAC system? How do I keep the temperature and humidity and airflow and keep all these things, the environment, growing environment optimal for the plants all the time? So, you know, taking some of my technical background and applying it to the business. Um, and so that's been that's been pretty cool. Uh, to take my unique skills, you know, maybe ones that my parents didn't have and, and, and apply them to the business. Awesome. Well, and I think it's really cool what you guys are doing. Um, cause you're also entrepreneurs, obviously. And for those of you out there, like the, you know, that's something that's becoming more prevalent nowadays after the whole pandemic pandemic thing, what's going on COVID deal. Um, you know, a lot of people are working from home now and they're like, why would I, I just talked to a guy yesterday. He's like, why would I even go back to the office? He goes, offices are kind of dumb, you know? We, and, and he's like, yeah, I, I drive back and forth. I'm wasting an hour a day of my life. Now for me, I always like tried to educate myself when I was driving to and from work, or I'd be on the phone, you know, working another business or working my business, trying to maximize my time, but still be safe while I'm driving, obviously. But um, yeah, there's a lot of time we spend, especially down in California, man. Some of those people are in traffic two, three, four hours a day each way. It's like insane. Like, like, like this one guy, I know his son almost, it's almost like three, three and a half hours a day each way. I'm like, dude, that's like almost a work day just driving. Yeah. I live five minutes from the farm, <laughs> luckily. So oh, that's uh, nice. I roll, I roll out of bed and I, and I, and I go to work and uh, yeah, it is nice to not have a, have a long commute. Cool. 
Well, we're really uh, excited about, I can't believe I hadn't heard of you guys before because I've been doing this for 12 years. So really excited to pick up that flyer. So let's do this. We'll take a quick break. When we get back. Why don't you and I kind of d- dig into the minutia of like how you grow wheatgrass and sprouts and kind of, uh, you know, I, I would like to learn, see if there's anything that you're doing that's, that's changed. I mean, that's kind of basic principles, but because we have a lot of people that are actually growing. So this next segment will really, will kind of hone down more on what I I did a whole class on this um, not too long ago. If you guys look back, it's how sprouting can increase your nutrition up to 800%. It's a full episode. Mm-hmm. I went into the detail, covered about 92% of it. So maybe we can fill in some of the gaps on that one and help you incentivize you, incentivize you guys to get growing your own sprouts, or at least some of them. And if not, you can supplement with some perfect foods from Perfect Foods. We'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body Turmeric 100 Liquid Drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution helps against inflammation and pain. Turmeric 100 is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% organic, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with my guest, Aaron Matzel from Perfect Perfect Foods out of New York. Um, just really quick, uh, we'll give you this at the end, but their, their website URL is perfect, perfectfoodsinc.com or also 800wheatgrass.com, 800wheatgrass, just 800wheatgrass.com. Both go to the same spot. All right. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to kind of get into like helping people, you know, because there's a there's a very, very small percentage of people that are going to grow their own stuff. But for those of you that are listening um, that are doing that, we want to give you some tips. And maybe there's a few more that we can kind of encourage to do this. I, I think it's a great thing to do um, to build uh, bonds with your family. If you are wanting to have a great relationship with your children, I can't think of anything better than growing your own food together and then consuming that food when you break bread uh, and eat. Um, another thing is, is maybe your children, you f- are feeling detached or your grandchildren. This can be something because with modern society and computer screens, it's, it's detaching the nuclear family. This could be a way to, to bond and bring your family back together. Um, so it's very powerful medicine, not just physically t- eating it and drinking the juices of it, but actually physically like participating together as friends and family in a community to grow your own stuff. And you're also becoming very self-sufficient and you're teaching your children and grandchildren that they can be self-sufficient too. And they don't have to worry if the power goes out for two or three weeks and they can't make a run to the grocery store while everybody else is like shooting themselves because they don't realize that they could just go outside in nature. If they had a little, little edible handbook and probably live just fine. But see, you'll know this and your children will know this because this kind of stuff does happen. If you look in history, there's been times where there's war, famine, you know, things happen. Like, so the, the chain of, food delivery system today is very fragile, very fragile. And like in New York, if, 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 um, you know, a semi stopped running, um, New York's out of food in four days, like most cities. So then what's going to happen. That's when people freak out. Right. So we don't, we don't want you to freak out. We want you to just, just take in all the benefits of sprouting and living foods physically, emotionally, spiritually, and, and communally. Um, that you can and, and preparatorily, right? So if you're if you're into um, preparedness and that kind of stuff, it's really good. All right. So what are 
just walk me through this. Like, let's just take wheatgrass as an example. Um, so usually for me, it's like we want to get high quality seeds. Right. Yeah. So why don't you talk about that? Like, where would you recommend people go get seeds and stuff like that? And then we'll go through the process of actually growing. Them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to, just to add to your, to your point, uh, one of the reasons we we call you know perf these perfect foods is because of you know how how good they are as a survival food. All you really need are these seeds, these dormant living organisms. They store almost indefinitely dry. They found seeds in like the pyramids that still sprouted, yeah. and um, you know you can carry them around. And with just adding water. Just the seed plus water, you can get fresh living foods that are pretty much the best, most nutrient dense foods that there are. So uh, in, in like two days, you can make yeah. you can, in like two days with seeds and water. So, I mean, find me a better, a better, a better uh, survival food than that. Um, and but besides that, they're good for every day. I mean, I mean, they're, they're good for the same reasons for everyday nutrition. Um, so let's talk about seeds. So we source our seeds like all throughout the year, basically. We try to work directly with farms with we, when we can. Sometimes it's a seed broker. But, you know, you want to you wanna know where your seeds are coming from and uh, so that they can be, you know, certified organic if possible, although not, you know, although not so, so important. It is important, but it's not like you shouldn't use them if they're not if they're not. Well, um, let's let's wanna... clarify let's clarify that because our our audience is pretty sharp, and I've been sure. educating them on this. Because the bottom line is, is like I know a lot of farmers today that are not using the USDA organic certification because it's a pain in the ass. They got to fill out yes. a bunch of paperwork. They the more money they make, the more they take, and they said they don't really regulate them anyway. There's nobody coming to the farm. There's nobody testing the soil. There's nobody testing the water. So they're like, why would we pay all this time money and waste our time doing this to have a certification? if there's really no benefit for us. So they just really educate their clients. So it's really about the belief system and the moral values of the farmer, really. And which if you find a good one that's not certified, is that would you agree with that? It's true. And you can and and if you are working directly with with a farmer uh, to get seeds, you can ask them, hey, do you, you know, do you spray these do you spray the seeds with anything? Oftentimes there might be, you know, if they are using some chemicals on, you know, they're using pesticides or fertilizers on their fields. Um, that's like in the early stages of, of the plant's development. And, you know, it's in the soil and, and then they're harvesting the seeds, you know, at the end of the life cycle. So um, oftentimes those are not, you know, sprayed with, with, with chemicals directly for a long time, for a long time. Um, but, you know, uh, and like you say, certified organic is a hassle. It's a pain. And a lot of farmers just don't want to don't want to do it. But they still, you know, have, you know, they still want to grow using organic techniques, organic methodologies. So you can just ask the farmer, you know, is is it OK? <laughs> Did you apply stuff directly to the seeds? And in most cases, the answer is no. And so and also there's a big question about GMO as well, which everything that's certified organic by being called certified organic should be non-GMO. But there's really only a few varieties of seeds that are that are um, commercially available that are GMO, mainly soy and corn. So it's mm -hmm. mostly just that. So you really don't have to worry too much about GMO and other, other uh, varieties of, of, of plants. It's mostly just soy and corn. Um, and... 
but but so certified organic, you know, it's important, but it's not absolutely critical in my opinion. Yeah, it, it, it's like it depends. That's that's yeah. that's the bottom line. It just depends. You have to still do your homework. All right, exactly. so you get organic seeds. So let's say somebody is. Uh, let's just keep going down this wheatgrass thing. So, what's the best temperature to grow wheatgrass at? Generally, room temperature, meaning sixty-eight to seventy-two, uh, somewhere in there. It depends a little bit on your climate. Um, so, you know, us being in New York, we have uh, varying climate. Winter and summer are, are, are kind of drastic, and and it also depends on your particular seed. Um, usually for wheatgrass, you'll be going for, uh, a, a, what's called a variety of red winter wheat, although that's not again, absolutely critical. There are hundreds of varieties of wheat and anyone will grow into wheatgrass. Um, and usually I would say if you want, you know, go to a grower such as ourselves when you want to get uh, wheat seed for specifically growing wheatgrass, because most wheat is grown out, um, and bred specifically for bread for wheat. Uh, for for flour, for the baking industry, uh, that's the typical purpose. So most people are not growing it for wheatgrass. So we test it, and we we go for ones that have certain uh, aspects that we're that we're looking for. It grows at a certain rate. It's particularly green. It has a good yield. It's it's disease res mold resistant. Um, so these are some of the things that we're looking for. And so that's why it makes sense to go to a grower who's using the seed day in day out to grow wheatgrass. Um, Probably the most important thing is like getting your seeds right first. If you don't get that component right, you're foundationally flawed and you're going to have mold issues and all these other problems. So, so for Absolutely. me, perfect. What I found out in my little grow operation in my um, garage at the time when I was doing lots of orders, um, I liked it at 75 degrees. And, Interesting. Uh, and I, and, and I liked my humidity at 50%. So you guys said 68 to 72. Where's your humidity at? Generally, our humidity is higher than that just because of our climate here and being able to control uh, the humidity perfectly at the scale that we operate at. There's a lot of plants in there and they're all getting, you know, they're all getting water and they're all respirating basically 100% of the water that you're giving them. So that's a huge load for dehumidification. Yeah. So, so usually we just do what we can get away with using, you know, you know, we're trying to uh, keep our efficiency, un, uh, you know, in check our electrical usage. So um, whatever the air conditioners pull out and whatever uh, additional dehumidifiers pull out from the air. So, you know, bad conditions would be hot and humid. So something like over 75 degrees and over 80% humidity that's where you're looking at problems with with mold so yeah uh, lower temperatures will also slow down the speed of the growth of the plants as well so you know sometimes that's favorable if you want them to grow at a certain at a certain rate you want to be able to have a certain cycle and um and so yeah usually it's you know about 68 to 70 degrees for wheatgrass is preferable some of the other things that we grow like it to be a little bit warmer. Sunflower, for in particular, likes it to be a little bit warmer for it to grow uh, on a good schedule. So it, it really depends very much on the specific um, seed, the specific uh, plant that you're growing. Those few degrees can make a big difference um, in 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 the growth. Uh, but generally, it's safe for most people just to be around room temperature, 68 degrees, somewhat dry. It is better if you're in like you know an arid in uh, an arid climate, like, you know, the Southwest, for example, 
Um, if you're in a humid climate, then you're probably going to want to keep the temperature down. So uh, that means something like, you know, less than 70% humidity if possible. Yeah. And I think I'm now, I remember, because for me, I, I, I was, because I was growing it commercially and was trying to pop it out once a week. I pushed the heat up to grow it as fast as I could without causing mold issues. So that was kind of the thing. It was like I did, I pushed up to 75 and if I kept the humidity at 50, I had my humidifier going, I could have, I could turn it and every week and have it ready. And so that's, that's what I did. So the hot, the hotter you go, the faster it's going to grow, but the more chance of mold issues and stuff. So that's true. I got it. So, yeah. And then what about lighting? What about lighting? Cause for me, I just told people if there's enough light in the room to see, you can grow sprouts, but you know, a lot of people get too wrapped up with that stuff. I just said, no, in no direct lighting. You don't want direct light from the sun right on it. Um, was my thing. And then maybe, um, you know, if people wanted to get some lights, they could, but they didn't, it wasn't like they had to do it. Just, just get started. You could add lights later. What's your thought process on lighting? So yeah, indirect lighting, you can grow okay like that. So that means, you know, not necessarily right in front of a window, but in a room that's getting reflections and ambient light in the room. Um, we grow in a completely indoor warehouse type environment. And we use, uh, we're still using um, um, artificial lighting. So that's fluorescent, full spectrum. Uh, so it's a 6,500K color temperature lighting. Uh, and there's also the more modern technology of LED lighting, which would be the same 6,500 Kelvin, um, which is a, a cool white uh, light. And that is pretty darn good. So these baby greens, they don't need high intensity light to grow. Imagine that they're just poking through the soil. They're, they're underneath a tree. They, they don't need high intensity light to grow yet. But yeah. if you do give them, you know, good solid light, they will grow greener. They will grow healthier. They will grow faster. Um, and so we do try to, we, we give them pretty much 24 hour. Once they're getting light, we give them 24 hour um, light good quality light. And it's somewhere around a hundred par for those people who, who are familiar with that term, that that's, that's a relatively low um, lighting level, like other, other heavy duty plants, let's say the cannabis industry, they might be looking for like a thousand par for like growing something like that. So this is relatively low, but it's uh, it's full spectrum and fluorescent or LED doesn't really matter so much. And in fact, you can get away with it at all as long as there's just some light in your room. So yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't and, ask for a lot. What about plants? What, what are the easiest things that you recommend people to get started with to grow? Like the two-day stuff. You know, I have sure. my, I, I mean, what's, what's yours? I do, our, mine's pretty much lentils, mung beans, and like fenugreek. I mean, fenugreek has a kind of a little added twist because it gets mucilaginous gel type stuff, which is really good, but... What, what, what do you recommend for people like the easiest thing to sprout that's the quickest, easiest, no dirt? Sure. So let's just clarify the, the, the slight difference. There's, there's sprouts and then there's microgreens. So we actually only grow microgreens, although we do you know, tell people to, to grow their own sprouts, basically, just because it's so easy to do on your own doesn't really require that much time. So lentil, mung, like you mentioned, fenugreek. Those are great. Uh, I also like broccoli and radish as some relatively easy ones to start with. Um, broccoli in particular has been getting uh, a lot of uh, you know mentionable notice just because they uh, studied quite significantly uh, one particular 
uh, phytonutrient, which is a plant nutrient called sulforaphane in broccoli sprouts. John Hopkins was identified and, and studied this quite extensively as to how it was an anti-cancer agent. And at one point they were trying to um, patent broccoli sprouts until people said, wait a minute, this is a food. You can't just patent broccoli seeds. I mean, come on, get out of here. So they were trying to and failed. Um, but basically you can, you can, you can grow this, this medicine, broccoli sprouts. It has like, um, you know, I think a hundred times the concentration of adult broccoli uh, and broccoli has the most, you know, concentration of, of, of this particular um, phytonutrient. Yeah. We've spoken about that before. That was actually the researcher's name was Paul Talay and he worked at Johns Hopkins and was like a 50 year cancer researcher. And they actually labeled sulforaphane phyto chemo or plant chemo. Because he'd okay. said in 50 years of research, he'd never seen anything kill cancer cells in a petri dish like this stuff. And that's right. when this was when Daddy Bush was back in office and somebody sent, he said, I don't like broccoli. And then they somebody sent like 600 pounds of broccoli and put it on the White House steps. And so it made national news and national attention. And again, this is another perfect example of how powerful the media can be, because from that event that you're talking about, the price of broccoli seed doubled and it's been that way ever since it's like, and the, but there's amazing benefits in red clover. There's amazing benefits in radish seeds. There's a sprouts. There's amazing benefits in onion and garlic, but why did broccoli double because of that short blip of information that, that basically they leaked it out of what had happened at, at Johns Hopkins and how it was working. And so still to this day, right? So that's, it's really awesome. Like, Wow, the media could be really used for good. Unfortunately, 99% of the time, it's not. They do the exact opposite. They would hide that kind of stuff, never tell anybody about it, and then promote fear and suffering 24-7. So right. turn and, off and the news. And what you're not getting from, from that particular thing is, oh, everyone is so very focused on this one particular ingredient, uh, this one particular phytochemical of which there are thousands, hundreds of thousands yeah. of yet of yet unidentified, unstudied phytochemicals. Whenever they come out with some new, um, you know, some new drug, usually it starts by identifying a phytochemical in a plant. Let's say in the Amazon rainforest or what have you. They identify mm -hmm. it. They study it a little. They try to create a synthetic version of it by modifying the chemical structure a little so that they can patent it. And that's usually how pretty much all mainstream drugs are developed at this point. But why go through the pro go through the trouble when you can just grow the plant with the original phytonutrient in it, um, and 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 consume your medicine that way, and hundreds uh, of thousands more too. Well, the reason yeah. why they do is because it's highly profitable. We're right. talking five five thousand to five. I've actually seen five hundred thousand percent profit margins in some of the pharmaceutical drugs. So for you business owners out there. I mean, how well would you be doing a business if you had a 500% profit margin? Like that would be like mind boggling, blowing, like, like unbelievable, like grocery stores, they're lucky to get 1% profit margin, 2%, three, you know what I mean? Very low, a, a good business, 10% profit margin, you get up to 20 and you're just knocking it out of the park. Pharmaceutical companies are getting like, you know, 5,000 to 550,000, 500,000% profit margins where yeah, they can absurd. take a synthetic. Yeah, and it's like it's big money, it's big business. That's why they're doing it. It has nothing to do with your health. Zip. It more about it's more about profit. I've been talking about this all the time. It's like I love capitalism, 
but capitalism is really lopsided because it, there needs to be an equal weight or equal value to planet and the creatures on this planet, which would include us. So when you're making a decision as a business, it should have equal weight profitability. And is it good for this planet, our mothership and every creature on it? And then you have to make those decisions based on those two things. Now, are companies going to do this? Well, there might be a few of them like ours that does this and like yours that does that. But the way that, that we as working class people can ensure that this is going to happen is you only pull out your wallet or your purse and you only purchase from companies that are doing that. That's how you do it. You stop giving the money to the companies that are not. And guess what? They'll, they'll figure it out or they'll go out of business and somebody else will pop in and say, hey, I'm going to do things good for my business, but I'm also going to do things good for, for you, our planet, the water, the air, the soil, and all that other stuff. And if they have those two guiding principles leading their company, that's where you want to give your money. That's where you want to put it. All right. So, so true. Uh, yeah, man. So, yeah. So as you guys are noticing, it's like, it's very similar, right? I wanted to have these guys on because it's just another example. They've been, it's a family owned business. They've been doing it a long time. And I'm like, Hey, what are the best sprouts to take? They're easy. And you're like lentils, mung beans. It's, this stuff has not changed for, and it's not going to change. There are certain basic fundamentals that are good for you. I will, I want to encourage everybody today. If you have not started sprouting in your home, start, just get some red or French or green lentils, order them and soak them in water overnight, rinse them off really good. Make sure they're dry, that they, they rent, they drain, drain, they got to drain and then just rinse them like a couple times a day until they're ready. And in two and a half days, the tails will pop out. You can start throwing them into your salads and you can start putting living foods into your living body. All right, we're going to take another break. When we get back, we're going to get into like what Aaron's seeing out there in the world today as far as health and what he's seen uh, as far as people transforming themselves with living foods. We'll be right back. The average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health while leaving your good bacteria behind, which is part of your immune system. And there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with my guest, Aaron Matzel from Perfect Foods. They are a wheatgrass and sprout grower up out of the New York uh, area in that region. Um, so you guys, you guys do a lot of wholesale. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who's your who's your clients, and then because you do retail too, but just how how can people like interact with you and stuff like that if they wanted to wholesale or retail? Yeah, our bread and butter has been going to places like juice bars and health food stores all throughout the New York tri-state metropolitan region. Uh, of which we go to a few hundred. We make deliveries like once a week to most places. Uh, but we're also doing in that same region, home deliveries where we can come direct to, to your home on our route um, as long as you meet like a minimum order. And, uh, and if you're outside our delivery region, then there's you know UPS, which comes by like one day. So 
certain region will come by ground in one day and a larger region than that, we, we send it overnight air. So that's the entire continental U, U, US. So, so besides Hawaii, Puerto Rico, and Alaska, uh, we, can, we can get you stuff if you need it. Um, so obviously. even out here in Oregon, you can ship me some stuff if I wanted. Yeah, absolutely possible. And so do you have people that are like really into this, like me, that like when they travel, they call you ahead of time. Like, I want this shipped here. And then you can just you can just ship it to wherever they're going to be vacationing, maybe for two weeks. Like if I went to Arizona or something. Right. And I could have my sprouts delivered and then I could be eating them and juicing them because, you know, I don't have time to grow them there and have them ready in time. But you know what I mean? Because it's a seven to nine day growing process. So I could yeah, just sure. have, you guys could just ship them there and they're ready for me right on time. And. I'd have my stuff and I'd be good to go. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we definitely, we definitely can do that for people. I mean, I, I even had, I think Jim Carrey one time was, was doing a few different shoots and he was like, get me a wheatgrass juicer to this shoot and over here into this shoot. <laughs> he said, he told us <laughs> to, to, to send, to send wheatgrass juicers to a couple of different places. So, um, you know, we get it where you, where you need it. And, and that's, you know, if you're, if you're as invested as wanting to have it ready for you every single day and not skip and uh, you're being that serious about it, then we'll help you to, to, to get it done. And, and if, you know, and if you want to find ways of, because, because transporting it is not so easy. You can do the smaller sprouts in a sack on the airport. If you want, yeah. uh, you could bring, you could bring them uh, in a sprout bag, but uh, these, these, these soil grown ones, you're not bringing those on the plane. So, uh, yeah. If you want that, if you want that stuff and you can't find a local source, we'll, we'll get it to you. Okay, man. So let's switch gears here a little bit. So you've been at this since you were a kid, right? So yeah. you grew up with wheatgrass and stuff like that. Um, sprouts, which is really cool. So it's just kind of normal for you. Right? Yeah. It's just kind of a normal thing. It's like, Oh, you just drink that and you eat that. And yeah. that's the way it is. Right. No different than somebody who's raised on the standard American diet. It's like pop and, ice cream and cakes and candy. You just think that's a normal thing, right? So we're really products of our environment. What do you think, how do you think that growing up in this business and being around sprouts has affected your health? Well, I mean, I also have been exposed to the standard Western American diet, you know, and moving away from that has been a personal uh, challenge for me. You know, I oftentimes... I'll go through times where I'm strictly eating lots of excellent vegan foods and in particular living raw foods like the microgreens and wheatgrass for, you know, weeks or months at a time. And then I'll often I'm, I'm human and I'm surrounded by, you know, this, uh, this society that's eating in a different way. And, and it's hard to, it's hard to maintain, you know, you have to be really, you have to be, uh, have, have really excellent mental clarity and be really, uh, you know, devoted to, to, to changing your entire lifestyle. And, and I, and I struggle with it like, like most people do. Um, but so P basically it's pizza. That's the problem <laughs> for a lot of people, New York pizza. It, it, I mean, that is one thing I, I, I particularly don't do so great with dairy and gluten. So, you know, I have been staying away from that particular food choice, but but hey, uh, you know, surrounded by food poor choices, and it's very easy to, to to slide back into bad habits. But you know, what we try to do is to try to educate people as to you know how instrumental, how much of a drastic change you can you can find by changing your diet alone. Um, yeah, uh, other lifestyle choices like uh, you know. Uh, reducing stress and improving exercise and such are important, but 
one of the key pillars is definitely just food and nutrition. Absolutely. And getting back to, to real unprocessed whole natural foods. And in particular, these baby plants, which are just uh, so nutrient dense, so powerful for your health that they can, you know, reverse disease basically um, in short periods of time, sometimes months to years of yeah. changing, of changing diet. So, um, so that's, you know, that's our core philosophy and, you know, I'm human, so I struggle with it, but, um, but it has definitely helped me to, it, it, in times of need. Like even just if I have a cold or something like that, or I feel it coming on, I'll be like, oh, wow, I really need to up my wheatgrass or sunflower intake. I, so I can, you know, boost my immunity a little bit temporarily so I can get over this quickly so I can keep doing what I'm doing and get everyone else their stuff. Right. Makes sense. Well, you're very honest about that, which is really cool. All right. So what have you seen? I mean, obviously you've been in this industry, you've done local deliveries and stuff. What do you think is, um, what, have you, what, what kind of issues are you seeing out there with people's health nowadays? You know, whether it's certain types of diseases or weight gain or children, what, what, what would you, what, what are you seeing out there? I mean, of course there's, there's everything that comes with that standard, you know, American diet of just obesity and, and skyrocketing diabetes rates. And these are things that like can easily be overcome without medical intervention. Like you just need to change nutrition and this will go away completely. So, um, that I think, you know, that's the low hanging fruit basically, um, would be like obesity and diabetes. Um, so, uh, but, but I do think that there is, um, a, there's so many natural products on the market or organic labeled organic products. And, and there's just so much that that industry is growing so rapidly. And I think consumers are becoming a little bit confused about what's really good and what's just, you know, marketing. So, um, so really consumers need to be well-educated and use like resources just like this podcast to, to find what ingredients are the real deal. And ultimately the real deal is if, if, if it's just a fruit or vegetable or grain, you know, that's, that's what you should be looking for. If it has a chemical name, then it's not, then it's not, then it's not, shouldn't be on your ingredient list. So understanding your ingredients and making sure that they're just whole foods, um, that's more important uh, than just being certified organic and looking like like a pretty healthy food. Yeah, those marketers will get you too. They really yeah. will. They'll, they'll put like I saw one on a on a label doing a deep dive, and it was like no, it, it said something like what was it? No artificial ingredients added. But see, they had already purchased the raw materials where the manufacturer had already put artificial ingredients in. So all the crap was already in there, but they were able to put right on top, front center in the label, no artificial ingredients added, keyword. They were already there. That shit is so deceptive. And if you're a mom or a dad and you're trying to do good and you read that, oh, no artificial ingredients added. That's, that's good. That's great. But they're, they're full of artificial ingredients. And then you're putting that in your body and it's causing you to lower your immune system, make you and your kids sick. This is the stuff that pisses me off. Now, I don't let it affect me emotionally anymore because I just get it. It's just marketing BS, and it's it's a lack of caring for the end consumer. And to me, this is like a very sacred act. 
right? Like I'm basically in the food industry. That's what we have. We have real foods, real herbs. These are all foods. Our, our green 85, our toxin detox, all of our supplements, they're real foods. So somebody's taking that and putting it in their body, inside of them, and it's becoming them. Like their body's going to take this stuff and it's going to become part of them. And I think that's a very sacred act. And I think that, uh, you know, it's unfortunate today. You, you, people really need to have a level of education. Otherwise, they don't really understand what they're actually putting in their body. Because I think if most people knew what actually is in stuff, they would just stop eating it immediately because they'd realize that it's like, this is like, it's literally a form of gentle suicide. Like what's going on? Once you are aware of this, if you continue to put these types of things in your body, you're basically committing a level of suicide because you're slow. You're killing yourself slowly at some level. And there's a lot more into that, but I wanted to get into, I know you've done a lot of wholesale, but what, what are some of your like top stories of recovery you've seen with uh, people that have, you know, started juicing and wheatgrass and sprouts and what were their issues and what, what kind of turnarounds? Do you have any stories like that of individuals that you know of personally? Sure. I mean, um, a lot of them are just stories from uh, from my father, also. But uh, but I've dealt with people who have you know uh, allergies that that they're able to relieve symptoms from, or um, or they'll have something like uh, arthritis that they'll be able to relieve symptoms from. Uh, a lot of people, unfortunately, a lot of people come when they realize that they have some kind of late stage. A uh, serious concern like cancer, let's say, and you might not you might not get out of you might not get out of it completely, but you might prolong your your life significantly uh, and quality of life, and you might decide to avoid chemotherapy and try to do you know try to try to heal yourself as much as possible through natural means, which can improve your your uh, quality of life at, at the end. So I, I unfortunately people people come to this too late sometimes. Yeah. And, and it doesn't work out, but, um, but we try to, but, but sometimes people actually do heal themselves surprisingly. And the doctors are very surprised. The doctors will say, how did you get your blood numbers from where they were to where they are? Um, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yeah. That's so, a standard. I've heard that so many times. <laughs> whatever you're whatever doing. You, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, just keep, keep doing it. You know, and they're, I, I kind know. Of, they're kind of handcuffed. They can't really go outside of what they're, or they could lose their job if they, you know, Cause it's like, literally you would think like back in the day, doctors would be like, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm going to write that down because I want to take that information and go see if it works for other people. And then I could share that with other doctors. And if every doctor think about it, if every doctor in the United States as an example was comparing notes with what actually worked and provided results in the real world, how fast that they would just figure everything out, but they're not allowed to do that because they're run by big pharma. Whereas if you go over to India, where there's that the Ayurvedic traditions, right, where you have the Ayurvedic northern region and the Siddhar healers in the southern region, it's all Ayurveda. Um, that's what they did for 10,000 years. It's basically figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And after 10,000 years, they kind of already know what works. They know how the human body works. And that's why, like, my formulator, Dr. Scott Treadway, he's a master herbalist in Indian herbology, Chinese herbology. Um, Western herbology. So these cultures have been around for 6,500 years, 5,000 years of Chinese. Um, they kind of already know what's going to work. That's why for us, we already kind of know 98% of the time up the middle, our products are going to work because they're based on 10,000 years, basically of our, you know, uh, and biological engineering system science. 
and how it's going to work in the human body. You said you were an engineer, right? You went into some biological engineering. Like the body's a system. Right. These plants are systems and these systems are symbiotic in many cases. And we don't even understand the power of some of these things, like how many phytochemicals are in there and what they actually do. They keep finding more and more of them every year. It's true. It's just, but well, like, of, Ann, what, go ahead. One of the things that I gleaned from, from, from my studying of that, of, 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 of biomedical engineering was um, just the level of complexity uh, that goes on between this like chemical biochemical reactions and chemical signaling and how one little thing affects 10 other things and that they they try to identify and understand these complex interactions between these chemicals but the level of complexity is so high that they at some point they just say we think we kind of know but we don't kind of know and that's as far as that's almost as far as we can go with it so nature is so complex to try to understand how a particular chemical is going to affect everything is almost nearly impossible. You can do your best to try, but it's very near impossible. It takes millions of dollars of and and years and you know half a century of of your time to invest to understand. Just you're you're better off to just eat the food, see the reaction, and 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 do things that way, which is exactly what these ancient forms of medicine you know have been doing is just trial and error over a long period of time with you know natural ingredients foods whole foods uh herbs and, and 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 fruits and vegetables and so you're and you're much better off you get much better you know nutrition and absorption when you're eating a, a whole food instead of like you know um a particular isolated vitamin ingredient usually just uh their their symbi symbiotic relations between the particular chemicals and how they're absorbed in the body um in, when they're in sp specific proportions, it's all just critical uh, that it be coming from, you know, whole foods. And so, um, so that's a little thing. In fact, when it comes to like wheatgrass in particular, like we have some theories on, on why it's, uh, so, why it's in particular so powerful. Uh, but there's a lot of controversy as to, as to what, as to, as to what the biomedical physiological mechanism is. Uh, some people say it's oh it's the chlorophyll. Some people say oh it's doing something else. It's it's it, it's uh, um, immunomodulating somehow. Uh, some people call it the the grass juice factor that they didn't really they they studied it a little bit on some on some farm animals back in like the 40s when they were first coming up with the idea of using of using wheatgrass. Um, and but to this day there's controversy as to the mechanism and. Who cares if it works? <laughs> yeah. <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares what the mechanism is? I mean, I do care, but I don't want to spend a million dollars and half a century to figure it out. I want to get it using it and I want to get it, you know, I want people using it now. Yeah. Yeah. It Try it out. See how it makes you feel. And if you want to go down the rabbit hole, believe me, there's, I started doing that. There's lots of rabbit hole to go down. You can get into the, you know, how each bio chemical reaction does stuff. If you want to get into that, but the bottom line is, is if, if you're in pain, you have arthritis or if you're, you know, like you said, people that have uh, immune deficiencies where they're, you know, having allergies, which is long-term immune deficiencies and toxic buildup and stress, which is the root cause of pretty much all disease. Um, they might want to just drink some wheatgrass, you know, and make it a habit and get it in there and start eating some sprouts and make it a habit. This stuff, it doesn't have to be that damn complicated. And most working class people, they really don't give a crap. They just want to feel good. And it's just like, just tell me something that actually works I can do. Well, that's what we're sharing with you today. We want to make it easy for you. And Wigmore, I've told this story before, but 
she was she healed herself with like lawn grass. The grass is grass is grass. I mean, if there's chlorophyll, there's oxygen, there's at least phytochemicals. Yeah, certain wheatgrass and ryegrass and barley grass and oat grass. There's different strains and different ones have different nutrient profiles and some have more minerals than others. And and Anne actually, I don't know if you heard the story, but she after a while she was like, I wonder what grass is better. So she made she, this was her experiment. She didn't spend millions of dollars in fifty years. She put wheatgrass and oatgrass and barley grass and ryegrass on the floor and she opened the door and the dog came in, sniffed them all and ate the wheatgrass. And they called that a lab experiment. That's a, that's a bad joke. Then they shooed the dog out. She opened the door and the cat came in, sniffed all the grasses, ate the wheatgrass. That was a cat scan. Okay. I've done this joke before. Ha ha. But um, that's how she figured out that, wow, wheatgrass has, um, it's better. Well, now uh, Oregon State University, one of the top phytochemical researching institutions on the planet, uh, right here in my state of home state of Oregon, you know, um, has found that, yeah, wheatgrass was the best grass. And, you know, and found that out with a dog and a cat. It's like this shit does not have to be that complicated, guys. It's just like your nature. The reason why you're not feeling good is because you're detached from nature. It's time to reattach. That's it. Plug back into the mothership. And if you can't do it in your condo in a high rise or because you don't have a green thumb or you just don't want to grow it freaking get it from somebody else like start, go to the grocery store start saying hey i want some sprouts and i'll buy them and tell me when they're going to be here i'll be on tuesday okay call me and i'll come down pick them up and then i'll i'll be down every tuesday and thursday and i'll or to you know tuesday and sun saturday and i'll be coming twice a week grab my sprouts so i have living foods in my house order some lentils today like go to your grocery store today take action today and start getting these living foods in your life and it's like Literally, like Dr. Clement said, this is some of the most powerful medicine on the planet. And like a tray of wheatgrass should be like $300. And if it was up at the met, if it was up at the hospital, it would be. They would be charging you like $300 to $1,000 a tray for wheatgrass because of all the middlemen and people and they have to pay and insurances have to be paid. It's like you can literally get the, the best stuff on the planet. I mean, what do you guys sell a tray of wheatgrass for? A tray of wheatgrass retails for like 24 bucks in the New York City region. Okay, $24. And you have the most powerful medicine on the planet. It's $24. And if you were to grow it yourself, you could probably grow that whole tray for two bucks. Right? Right. That's what you could do at home. If you had the dirt, you want to do all that stuff. So it's like the best medicine on the planet is sitting right there. It's living foods. It's wheatgrass. It's sunflower sprouts. It's pea sprouts. It's buckwheat lettuce. It's broccoli sprouts. It's radish sprouts. It's red clover sprouts. It's lentils. It's mung beans. It's fenugreek. All you have to do is just add a little water. That's it. Add a little water. In a few days, you're going to have some of the most nutritious foods on the planet. All right. So hopefully we made a big deal about that. People are going to, I hopefully I've inspired you and Aaron's inspired you to um, start growing some sprouts and wheatgrass. If not, order it from them and get it into your house. Or, and if uh, go to your local grocery store and start asking the produce manager to start bringing some of this stuff in. You guys have got to get this stuff in your body. It doesn't have to be all of your food. Start small. Maybe just start adding a, um, you know, some sprouts to your meals and stuff like that. And eventually maybe have a, a big salad every day. And at least half of the food by weight would be a big old pile of sprouts. And then you have your other lettuce and microgreens or whatever else in there. But you want to get living foods into your life. Aaron, was there anything, uh, last words of advice that you'd want to give to the listeners as uh, before we part? Well, I think that what you just said is, is, a, great, uh, is a great thing. Start small by supplementing just one little thing, just sprout one thing. 
You don't need, all you need is seeds. Just get some lentil seeds, just get, get sprouting, get started. And you'll realize that like, you're now in control of your own food and your own health and how powerful that is. So um, that's really it. And, and if you need help on the way to, to accomplish that, you need more assistance, let us help you too. We, you know, we offer consultations. We offer a, a reset cleanse program where people, f- where we give you like a meal plan and we guide you for like a whole week on how to, how to change your entire lifestyle. So, um, you know, just look us up 800wheatgrass.com or perfectfoodsinc.com. Either one goes to the same place and we'll help you out to, 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 to doing that. Awesome, dude. Yeah. So guys, uh, thanks for tuning in and please let's get some living foods. I want everybody listening here to like, you have to have some living foods in your life. Like you have to, it's like, let thy food be thy medicine, thy medicine be thy food. By you growing your own sprouts, you are becoming your own doctor right there because you're making your own medicine. You're not outsourcing it. You're making it, but you can actually outsource it. If you're going to, to somebody that's actually going to make the right type for you, like Aaron's company. So check them out. It's perfectfoodsinc.com or 800wheatgrass.com. That's 800wheatgrass.com. And um, and I think that's about it, man. So um, I appreciate you coming on. And I really want to thank the listeners for, for tuning in. Um, I hope this episode really gets you motivated. If you've been on the fence about sprouts and living foods, that'll tip you over the edge. This isn't some Johnny-come-lately thing. Their company's been doing this since 1982. And the planet has been making sprouts for billions of years. This is something that you can plug into that's literally built into your genetic code. If you want in your body and all the mechanisms, your body is going to just, it's going to be like a warm hug. It's going to be like a, you know, an ant that really loves you. And you walk up and she gives you a warm hug. When you put these types of foods and these types of plant chemicals and plant nutrients into your body, your body's going to hug them. It's going to give them a warm hug. And you're going to feel the benefits from it. You're going to lose weight. You're going to have more mental clarity. You're going to burn disease out of your body. You're going to give your body the tools necessary for cellular uh, regeneration, which is so important. Just so many benefits to, to plug in back into the mothership and these living foods. So again, I want to thank everybody for listening. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. Share these episodes with your friends and family if it pertains. If you think it was exciting, you think it might help somebody. And uh, again, I want to just give a warm thank you to everybody out there who's been following us and listening. I love you guys. And until next time, change yourself, change your world. We'll see you guys again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.